unlike our children at the 11 o'clock service, the children at the 845 service said they absolutely wanted to hop over all of you to get from point A to point B. They have uh, quite a different take on that children's minute. It is where we're going with this series, honestly, the way that we get from where we are to, to the place where God wants us to be. Jesus has something to say about that. The Old Testament itself has something to say about that. Here we are at 192 years old, and our story itself has something to say about the fact that we're still growing and doing and moving in the direction that God would have us to be. It's extraordinary. I don't want today's, the gravity of today, to be lost on us, that at 192 years old on Heritage Sunday, as we're all starting to reconnect with society and sports and church and with one another, we are poised now more than ever to take our next best steps forward. That excites me, and that's what this Pathways series is about. There's two uh, scripture lessons that I'll focus on, one of which from Deuteronomy will help frame the entire uh, series over the next several weeks. The other is specific to today's lesson about abundant life. From Deuteronomy 5, right at the end of the Ten Commandments, when Moses is instructing the people, we read these words, you must therefore be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn to the right, you shall not turn to the left, you must follow the exact path that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and that it may go well with you. And then, in John's Gospel, Jesus is teaching a similar lesson to a very mixed crowd of clergy and laity, and he's telling them what it means to be a part of God's flock and how they can take their next steps forward and follow the voice of the shepherd. That's in John chapter 10. I invite you to stand for the reading, the hearing, the blessing, of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. John. Listen for the word of the Lord. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from a stranger because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Something uh, Susan and I have discovered in our recent empty nesting uh, years that there's a void from attending so many recitals and sporting events and school functions and all of this kind of thing now that our girls are, are in college and grown and have their own family, Carolyn having her own family. We've decided we, we should probably find a hobby <laughs> to do together. And one of the things that we've discovered that we'd love to do is to hike. We love to go hiking. So this past July, we were able to spend some quality time together in the low humidity of Western North Carolina in the Appalachian Mountains, hiking some of our favorite places. 
And what we have found, we've, we've gone up over and, and up some steep terrains where one might question our sanity. We've taken some light courses. We have seen some wonderful panoramic views. We've been down to raging waterfalls. Uh, we have discovered, however, over the past two or three years that there's a common set of criteria pertinent to hiking, and that's helped me kind of think through this pathways. One is you have to have a map to, to get from where you are to where you're going. One does not wander in the mountains of Appalachia without knowing where one is going. It never works out well. Uh, you need a good pair of shoes, preferably, preferably a pair that is not brand new because you'll get blisters and that just messes up supper plans for later in the evening when you get finished with the hike. Uh, you need to pack the right things. If you pack too much, it, it's too heavy. You can't make the journey. If you pack too lightly and something comes up, you might be underprepared. One must pace oneself. And by that, I mean the most important step is the very next one you will take. And then finally, always stay on the path. If you veer a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, it may seem so tame and unassuming, but I promise you, just a few feet either way in the thickness of Western North Carolina, and you look back and you say, I've lost the path. And it can be so difficult to find your way back to that path. So we've discovered that together. Along that pathway, I typed two things into my phone. One was a quote that I found on, on one of the trails that said, Lord, let your miracles break through every day and let me not be an obstacle in any way. Isn't that a great quote? Great quote. There's so many obstacles in our lives, in our relationships, with our time and, and with our talents. And God forbid that we would be an obstacle from somebody else finding their pathway. The other quote is something that Susan said. She said, I, I have to remember to pick up my feet. There's too many trip hazards, right? I love that. There's such wisdom there that if we don't pick up our feet, we get to looking around at all the beauty and the grandeur. We might, we might run into some danger. And what, what else we learned is that the Appalachian terrain is not like Alabama. We're not familiar with it. It made me think that this life with Jesus, terrain, the footing of the pathway toward abundant life and toward discipleship and, and toward God and, and with each other along this pathway, it may be unfamiliar terrain for some of us. I think this pathway series in, in some ways is a great equalizer. We've been separated for 18 months. We've been on all sorts of paths and trajectories and over and under and bumping into each other and distancing from one another. And here we are. 18 months, 19 months after the start of the pandemic, with the relaunch of so many activities, we're, we're getting our feet back under us, but we may find that we need to, to work a little hard, to stretch a little more that, to get back on the trail. Or for some, this, this footing, this terrain of walking with Jesus is, is brand new. When all these things work together as planned, there truly is nothing quite like arriving at a 4,500 foot view with the person you love and your breath just being taken away. It's magnificent. The same with a waterfall. You think about the power in a little bit of water. How did we get to this place of abundance? So I've been thinking about this passage from Deuteronomy where after God, Yahweh, gives Moses the Ten Commandments, 
you know, the ways to love God and to take a Sabbath break and then how to treat your neighbor is the second half of the Ten Commandments. And he says, I'm giving you these, but now that you have them, be committed. Do everything that I've commanded you and do not veer either way off the path. Stay, stay on the path. You know, throughout the Bible, many of you are about to embark on a journey tomorrow. It's called Disciple One. Some of you have taken Disciple One. How many of you have taken Disciple One, Disciple Two? Many of you have been through that 34-week course. It starts in Genesis. It ends in Revelation. And all throughout, um, in between those 34 weeks, you learn uh, what Scripture, what God is saying uh, to people through Scripture and through the Bible and and you learn it through community. One way to think about uh, that study, for those of you who are about to embark on that journey, is that it's, it's so much of the Bible is about a pathway. From the time that Adam and Eve come on the scene and are expelled from the garden, they have to take steps some direction. From Abraham and Sarah, who just uprooted as nomadic people and said, where are we supposed to go, God? Well, don't worry about it. Just be obedient and go on the path I'm giving you. When the people were brought up out of the land of, of Egypt after 400 years, 400 years, where was God in all that? And all of a sudden, Yahweh shows up and says, go that direction. I'll meet you there. Really? Obedience and faith to take the next step forward have always been part of our relationship with God. Proverbs speaks about it. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. The prophet Jeremiah, several hundred years before Jesus, said, stand by the ways and seek and ask for the ancient paths where the way is, and then walk in that path. Isaiah said something a little different. He said, beware of the path that you might take. He said, they don't know the way of peace, and there's no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked, and whoever treads on them does not know peace, as if to say, wait a minute, maybe there's, there's a couple of paths in life. Which one am I supposed to choose? So Jesus picks up that tradition. He inherits, inherits that tradition. And if you'll remember, around the seashore of, of Galilee, the very first thing Jesus said to those early disciples was two words. What was it? Follow me. Take a step. Follow me. That's a pathway. That's how Jesus still calls his disciples from the waters of baptism. All right. You said you want to be a part of this grace thing and world-changing movement. Follow me. It's a pathway. And that pathway requires obedience. It requires discipline, sacrifice. It requires laying aside whatever the distractions are that will prevent us from getting and gaining access to Jesus Christ and then taking access to, of Jesus Christ back out into the world. It requires accountability as Eugene Peterson says, it requires a long obedience in the same direction. That's hard for our consumeristic ears to hear, right? Instant gratification. Click it. It's done. Two clicks, you can buy anything in the world you want to. The faith is, is about a long obedience in the same direction. So in your... Chimes magazine that I hope you've received this week, it, it outlines the pathways. We started hinting at that, teasing with it, because in just a few days, you'll receive a workbook. And what you'll find in that workbook, I hope, come across as crystal clear pathways. There's a pathway to membership, a pathway to growth, 
a pathway to service, and a pathway to giving. Four components of what I would call are pathways to abundant life. Discipleship, life with God and in the community of faith. I do not want you to be confused. This is not like a self-help book, workbook, like you, you, know, you get from Dr. Phil or Oprah or something like that. This is a roadmap for your journey. And discipleship, my friends, is hard because it's going to require us to sacrifice something. It's going to require us setting aside distractions that prevent us from getting to the abundant life that God has promised for us. It's going to uh, require, you remember, uh, I hope you do, several months ago we did a sermon series about the Good Shepherd, Psalm 23, and cast sheep, and when sheep fall down, you, you stand them back up. The shepherd stands them back up, but they can't immediately go back to walking. You have to rub their atrophied legs to get the circulation going. And I think in so many ways, many of us are starting to stand up again. And the grace of God is starting to, to move our, our circulation. And we're starting to take steps forward once again. The pathway of discipleship, it will cost us something. It will cost us this audit of our time and our talents and our treasures. It will try to steal and, and rob our joy and our family time around the supper table. It, there's so much about life that is distracting and so many voices that are trying to prevent us from hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd, the one we know we can trust. As common as hiking is to so many of us, sheep and, and shepherding were staples within ancient Israel, Palestine. And so John, picking up this shepherding discourse, as we call it, in John's gospel, it would have been received literally. Like, we understand the shepherd thing. We are nomadic shepherds. That's our tradition. And also, metaphorically, about the nature of who God is in Christ Jesus. But like a mapped out hiking trail in a dense forest, congregations, small groups, life groups, they thrive because they are a patterned set of commitments and practices embedded in the fabric of community life. I want to say that again. Congregations thrive because we rely on a patterned set of commitments and practices that are embedded in the fabric of our community life. It's our DNA to work together as brothers and sisters to take steps forward. And so we read Jesus' figure of speech today where he says he's the good shepherd who is leading us, we his sheep, along this pathway to abundant life. And my question for you today is, how will you position your life and your priorities in such a way that you can hear the voice of the good shepherd and follow where he is leading? Because we follow what we value and we follow who we trust. So what do you value? Who do you trust? And what steps are you taking in that direction? It's not lost on me, nor should it be lost on any of us, that the first two verses of this text speak of thieves and bandits, that which comes to rob or to steal. A, a thief would come and steal like one sheep, like one candy bar. You know, that's what a thief does. But, but bandits are an organized group, kind of like a mob, kind of like uh, a, a group of pirates, maybe. There's a strategy about how they're going to come and and adversely impact the whole flock. Jesus said there are thieves and there are bandits coming to take your time and to steal your time. 
and to rob your joy and to put another voice in your life that distracts you from staying on the path that God has in front of you. And to each of those scenarios, Jesus said, I am the gatekeeper. I am the gate and the gatekeeper. Follow me and I'll show you. I will allow you in. I'll help you stay protected. I will feed you. And then I'll allow you back out because you don't get to stay hemmed up. Worship is only one hour a week and then we deploy back out into the pastures of life. We call it the mission field. Jesus says, enter by me and I've, I've got you. I'll call you by name and you will be saved. We hear the voice of the shepherd leading us when we order our lives by the, the means of scripture and the traditions of the church. And if we stay on God's pathway, abundant life is, is promise. What are the competing voices in our lives? Our decisions about who and what we follow are determined by how well we know the voice of the shepherd or how dialed in we are to listening to the voice of Jesus Christ. So we get to choose our pathways, friends. But let me be very clear that there's only one pathway that will take your breath away and allow you to be part of something greater than yourself. And, and that pathway is led by a Savior who has walked it before and knows the way to the Father and knows how to get us to abundant life. So the pathways that we've outlined for the church in this fall are just that. They're a means for us to experience abundant life and to take whatever that, that step is for us. For some, it's the first step. It's baptism into the family of God. For some, it's, the, it's a step of, of membership. I want to be part of a flock. No matter how long or short I, I, I will be here, I, I want to take a step forward. I want to be a part of, of this family. I want to make a difference right here with this flock and this location and all the little pastures around this area we call Montgomery. For others, you've been worshiping for a long time and now it's time to take another step down the pathway of growth and deepen those roots through a small group or a life group or a covenant group or a Sunday school class. All of us here can take a step along the pathway of service and find something new to do, a way to serve another human being inside the walls of the church, outside the walls of the church. And the same is true with our giving. We can all take a little step forward with our generosity and make a difference in the life of another human being. Those are the four pathways. There's so many voices. I was thinking about this this past uh, couple of weeks as I was watching uh, 6 p.m. news and 7 p.m. news, and within the matter of about three or four minutes, it doesn't take long, the, the primetime networks, they all cut to commercials, right? And without fail, you can count on your hand the type commercial that it's going to be. It's going to be wrinkle-resistant cream, mascara, you know, it's going to be um, a way to increase your libido or get the best car or get the corner office or whatever, whatever it is. It's a way that these voices are trying to give one an identity. And it's tempting to be wooed by those voices. I must confess that when I saw the miracle growth for 45-year-old hair, I started listening to that voice, right? Like, all right, you got my attention. You got it. Use our products, and life will be abundantly fulfilling. You will feel 30 years younger. I love our free society, I truly do, but as people of faith, we have to understand the gates 
We are being wooed to walk through, and the gatekeepers who control or think they control the directional swing of those gates, some people suggest that, that these type ads, they steal a person's ability to discern what is authentically fruitful life and, and what is extraneous, to which Jesus says, thieves and bandits, they come to pillage your life, to plunder your life. I've come to give you life, if you'll listen to my voice. What has come into your life over the past 18 months that we've been struggling through this pandemic that seeks to rob your life from authentic relationship with God? I thought a lot about self-worth and how it's promulgated under the umbrella of impressing one's peers or acquiring the most stuff or putting on some kind of mask, not the kind of mask for health concerns, but just some kind of, of mask that we hide behind because we're so tuned in to what other people think. I want to speak to our students for just a minute because the, the former way, that pathway is one that I would call redundant life, to which Jesus says, no, I want you to have abundant life. Our students, I, I want to tell you, don't be lured into the catch pens that are opened up by false shepherds who tell you that your worth is based on how you look or what you drive or what you, what you can achieve. Your worth is based on who God says you are. And that is you're a child of God. Love so much that Jesus came to show us the pathway straight to God. And that truth is your worth because there's nothing that any of us can do to make God love us any more than we're loved right now. And there's nothing that any of us can do that's going to make God stop loving us. You are loved just as you are. And so finally, back to Jesus, because he's the component to this whole journey. He's the shepherd who is leading this flock and all the flocks. He's the gate. He is the, the gatekeeper. What happens when we arrive at the gate to our green pastures, it really and truly is up to us. Gates provide protection and order. They also provide a way back out into the world. They, they let the flock in and they keep danger out. They, they're a means through which sheep pass to be protected and fed. But they're never intended to segregate insiders from outsiders. And I just give thanks to God that I'm not the gatekeeper deciding who gets in and who gets out, that who's on the pathway and, and who's not. Jesus is. And anyone who wants to stay, take a step in the direction of God through Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, gets to do that. It's not up to me to be that gate. So the final thing I'll say is, I just in pulling together this rich history of these I am statements where so long ago on Sinai, when, when Moses was telling the people, stay on the pathway, he had just heard Yahweh say, tell them I am sent you. Well, that's a weird thing to say until you get to Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the one about whom all scripture and tradition has, has told you. I am the way. And what that gives us permission to do, friends, is to say, I am not the gatekeeper. I'm not the gate. I and you, all of us together, we are just called to follow, to be obedient, to take a step whatever that step is in the direction of abundant life. So over the next few weeks, from this pulpit, you're going to hear stories from, from people as to why membership matters, 
And I want you to start thinking why membership matters to you. Why, why did you take that step forward to become a member of this church? Why does membership matter to you? What is growth all about? Why, why should I want to deepen my roots? I can just come to worship and attend. Why should I want to deepen my roots? Or what, what about serving? I do a lot of stuff outside the life of the church with other groups, and I, that's all fine and dandy. But what is it about serving that's, that's different with the body of Christ? And then finally, what about giving? What about giving and allowing the master to multiply our gifts to make a difference all over this world. That's where we're going. It's along these pathways. Today, the invitation is simple. You're going to receive a workbook in the mail this week in the next few days. I want you to take that workbook. I want you to assess that workbook. I want you to find an accountability partner with whom you can make uh, this journey. And then I want you to take a step forward wherever you are along that. I want you to do this. I want you to do an audit of your time and your talent and your treasures and decide what is it what are the voices? What are the competitive things out there? Who are the thieves and bandits trying to pull me to the left and pull me to the right and veer me off course so that I can't find abundant life and I can't help find somebody else to get them to abundant life? Let's pray about that. Almighty God, for all the persons here today, for all of those watching all over the world, all over the country, some of whom are being nudged to to join your family through baptism or to join this local church through membership or to join a, a small group or to serve in a new area or to give a, until it hurts and then maybe give a little bit more. I, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to squelch all other voices so that we can hear the voice of Jesus saying, follow me, follow me, follow me to abundant life and to resist that which robs our energy, our time, and our resources. So pour out your spirit on us, Lord, as a congregation, as your flock, that this week we might hear your voice leading us. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.